0: This is the value investor podcast with Tracy Reineck. All things value all the time. Welcome back value investors. I've been saying a lot recently that this will be the decade of Warren Buffett. Yes I'm just announcing it. I'm just not even really predicting it. I'm not really saying this may be the decade of Warren Buffett. This is going to be the decade of Warren Buffett. He's in his 90s as many of you know. But he made it through the last growth cycle to get to this uh, next wave, the next value bull market. And it's coming at the right time for him, right? Um, I think not only will this be his decade, but I've been predicting that he's gonna go out in this big blaze of glory at the very end of his career. That is, if everything goes according to my plan. It might not even be his plan, but it's my plan. And as I said, I'm not really even just, you know, saying this may happen. I do really think that we are in this new secular bull market in value stocks, and it will last for several years here. It's not going to be the. One or two quarters and done that we saw during the growth cycle of the last decade. We had we had many false starts there uh, for us value investors thinking this is it, this is the time. But uh, too many of the value type sectors are indicating that this is the bullish time for the, their stocks, like the banks, energy. These are a lot of things that rallied in the last value bull market, and they're doing it again. So how can you as a value investor get in on this valuable market. I got asked a good question on Twitter the other day from a value investor asking you know should he buy shares of Berkshire Hathaway to be in the value trade or should he buy some of the stocks in the Berkshire portfolio. And that's a good question right. Um, many value investors do own Berkshire Hathaway shares. I used to many years ago. But I kind of got disillusioned (laughs) with what was happening with it. Let me think, when did I own it? Um, It definitely was not in the last five years. I would say maybe 10 years ago. But that was during, you know, the financial crisis and then even just kind of the uh, muddle through muddle along type of economy. And the type of companies in Berkshire Hathaway were just kind of muddling along too. So I decided I didn't really want to muddle along. So I sold many years ago, but many value investors own it simply for Buffett and won't ever sell or get out. Um, But remember, if you buy the actual Berkshire Hathaway shares, you are an owner of that company. Remember, that's what it indicates. You're not really buying Buffett. (laughs) Um, Even though he's the head kahuna of the whole company, you are buying all of those individual companies. And I had to go on Berkshire Hathaway's website to see how many do they have right now. And they do have like a list on there. And it uh, indicated if my math my quick math was correct cuz they just kind of list them on the sheet. That they own 62 companies, those are the subsidiary companies. And that's a lot, right? What are some of them? We know some just off the top of our heads, Seize Candies, uh, Dairy Queen. I went for all the food ones, right? Uh, Clayton Homes, those are like the manufactured homes. Uh, Fruit of the Loom, BNSF Railroad, one of the linchpins of the entire company. Benjamin Moore, that's the paint company, Duracell, the batteries. Business Wire, you might have seen those articles if you're on like Yahoo Finance or other financial sites and you're looking for the press release for the earnings or a dividend announcement or whatever they're putting the press release out or breaking news on a certain company, you may see articles from Business Wire on there. He bought that company uh, quite a while ago it was family owned that's the type of company he likes um you know obviously he liked the underlying um you know balance sheet and things like that and so yeah berkshire hathaway this huge conglomerate owns business wire they also own pampered chef that was a similar kind of scenario to business wire i believe Hellsberg Diamonds, that's another one. And then, of course, Geico, the insurance, he owns several insurance companies in the portfolio. So that's just like a small, I just grabbed a handful of like the most well-known names that many of you would know, but there's many, many others. So if you buy the Berkshire Hathaway stock, and remember the ticker is BRK, and then in some websites it's like period B is in boy, other ones it's like a slash B, because they have both A shares and B shares. So there's two tickers for Berkshire Hathaway, BRK A, BRK B. We mostly talk about the Bs around this year, on this podcast. That's the ones I owned, but maybe you're lucky enough you own the A's. The A's are the original shares, and I don't even know. I haven't looked lately what they're at, um, a couple hundred thousand dollars for one. And that's why uh, years ago they created the B shares so that people like me could actually buy some of those shares and still get ownership because they've never split the Berkshire A shares. So um, got a little bit away from the average investor. And now you can buy these B shares which are much cheaper. Um, okay, so what what is happening with them? They are Zacks number two. So that's a buy uh, on Zacks.com. They have a forward PE, however, of 22.3. So that's pretty pricey. The shares are not cheap right here. They don't pay a dividend, but they are doing a share buyback. They have a peg ratio of 3.2. That's not cheap either. You normally look for a peg under one indicates value. So you get both growth and value if it's under one. Um, I didn't look up for some reason what was going on with their earnings. I should look at that. I thought I did take a look. Uh, Let me see real quick here. So I do own Berkshire B shares in the value investor portfolio because. An insider actually did buy not that long ago in there. And you don't see that very often in Berkshire uh, that, you know, someone is diving in thinking that they're undervalued, but someone did. So we own it over there. But again, I do not own it in my own personal portfolio. So let me see what's going on with those earnings. It's. not looking too bad. So 15% earnings growth here in 2022, and 6% again next year in 2023. And why I'm saying that doesn't look too bad is because a whole bunch of other companies these days either are saying declining earnings for this year, or certainly for next year. It's very difficult to find someone who the analysts think is actually going to grow their earnings for next year. But so far, they are thinking that Berkshire is going to do it up 6% for next year. Um, so year to date these shares are up 3.3%. So that is outperforming. They are off the recent lows that we saw in uh, September. And some people thinking what what the person on Twitter is thinking that maybe Warren Buffett is getting his mojo back right here and maybe I wanna own the Berkshire shares. So over the last five years, however, these shares are up 70.5% and that is also Uh, Beating the SP 500 up 54.8% during that time period. So, over the last five years, as the growth has now uh, cooled off and his value stocks are more back in favor, and so um, people are diving into the stock because of this rotation, right? But the second option, if you, if the second question was, you know, do I buy the Berkshire shares or do I buy some of the stocks in his portfolio? So that's the second option, you can buy some of the holdings that he is diving into. And we do have the 13F, now that's the filing that the big um, managers, hedge fund managers, uh, people with a significant amount of money under management, have to file to sh- say what they bought and sold in the prior quarter. It, they come out 45 days after the end of the prior quarter, so you it's you you don't. It's hard to t- time it, um, and they do that on purpose so that you can't just dive in necessarily on some uh, you know famous manager's trade the next day after he makes it um, unless that trade is public somehow. So. There were some interesting buys this quarter, and we got some new ones. So the biggest new one that everybody was talking about was in Taiwan Semiconductor, a five billion dollar position in that. It's about one point three nine percent of the Berkshire portfolio. Comes in at number ten position now. Taiwan Semiconductor is ticker TSM. It's their first semiconductor stock that I can recall, and PE twelve point nine. Dividend is yielding one point seven. Now the semis are up big off those recent lows. They've been hammered this year in 2022, but they have rallied big. I heard on um, CNBC that this was, they said this was the biggest week for the semiconductors since 2001. I think it was the week or the month, one of the two, um, And but maybe one of them was also the biggest I think it was the biggest month since July, since we hit those July lows. But the biggest week for the semis since 2001, that's a long time (laughs) to see this kind of rally. So everybody's diving in, but should they be? I don't know. Buffett, Dove in before everybody else because this was third quarter, which ended at the end of September. And we don't know where in the quarter he actually bought these shares. So um, probably got in a lot cheaper, but the shares on a PE basis are still pretty cheap here. So that's Taiwan Semiconductor TSM. Then he also bought an interesting but small position in Louisiana Pacific. That's a materials play like a construction uh, that is just um, 0.1% of the portfolio, so very small, comes in like towards the end of the portfolio. It's only $296 million position, and the ticker there is L is in Larry, P is in Paul, X is in X Ray, LPX, and they are trading at just 5.2 times with a dividend yielding 1.4%. So I thought, wow, you know, he's getting something really cheap here. Uh, Must be some kind of you know interesting thing going on behind the scenes. But I took a look at the earnings on that one and 2022 expected to decline 12% 2023 57.7% with four estimates down none are being raised for next year and the way the earnings look so 2021 $13.97. 2022 $12.27 so that's not too bad a lot of things are like cooling off from that red hot year of 2021 especially if it's on the construction side the materials uh, you know housing is getting hammered so things are cooling off but then 2023 $5.19 that's the 57.7% decline wow it's hard to see it in those numbers so is this cheap or is it a trap in my definition, this would be a trap, and I would not be that interested in getting in here um, and you know waiting to kind of see what happens with those shares going forward. And maybe if I can't get them a bit cheaper, and wanting to know you know how bad can things get in that industry next year on a recession and as the. Uh, housing market remains in this recession. They're already in one, so the shares did spike on the news that Buffett got in, and they're up 17% in the last month, off of <laughs> off of the Buffett uh, play but still down 20.7% year to date. So still pretty weak, but not as much on sale as they were before. Shares are also real volatile, like up, down, up, down. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about that one. Uh, Okay, then what else was he doing? Some other interesting things. So he did add to both of his energy positions. He added about another 2% in Chevron, ticker CVX. He now owns, Uh, 8.49% of Chevron shares, like of that company, and has a $23.7 billion position now. It is, I think, number three, number three in there, in the Berkshire portfolio. And PE is just 9.8, but looking at the earnings, expected to soar this year because of what was happening with the oil prices when the Ukraine war happened up 136% but next year for now down 9.7%. Like I said it's hard to find almost any company that is expected to see earnings rising for next year. So that's a little unusual if if somebody's is like Berkshire Hathaway. (laughs) So Chevron um, but you know that's going to be volatile based on the price of oil and natural gas and um, you know refining margins and all of that stuff so. There's a lot that goes into that one. Um, His other energy, Occidental, OXY, that was up 22% in that quarter. And he now owns 20.7% of the company, as I've mentioned on other podcasts. It's now an $11.9 billion position. It has a PE of just 7.5. I didn't look at the earnings on this one. I'm sure it's declining for next year as well, because all the energies are the analysts are being conservative, as I said, because we don't have WTI over $100. Uh, and that's what you're going to need to beat out this year's earnings. You're going to need it to stay really elevated up there. Um, so that that's work in progress that's going to change as the year of 2023 goes on, but still very cheap here and that accidental ticker oxy then he did add a little bit to celanese ticker ce that's like a chemical play he um it's just 0.3% in the portfolio an 877 million dollar position it comes in at number 28 in the portfolio but he does own 8.98% so basically 9% of the company now in celanese pe it's just 6.2 dividend is yielding 2.7% but again earnings expected to be down 8.5% in 2022 and 17.6 in 2023 as you know again it's not uh with the recession imminent perhaps or expected now a lot of these earnings estimates are on the decline for 2023 so basically everything's a value trap right almost everything except Berkshire Hathaway so far has been a value trap um so it, it, value investors are really going to have to look beyond them pricing in the recession and look for quality companies that you know are going to come come back out of the gate once the recession eases. And I did look at um, Ally Financial that is in the portfolio. A L L Y that's the digital bank. And they he made no change to it, but he didn't sell any either. I was wondering if maybe that might have been cut there. It's number 29 in the portfolio just 0.28 percent of the portfolio or an 834 million dollar position. They basically had to put several hundred million dollars into loan loss provisions because of uh, some stresses on the auto loan sector that they are handling and then mortgage, revenue has also declined for ally financial but no change there he did buy a little bit more in rh the furniture retailer ticker rh i do own own it in my own personal portfolio i did sell some earlier this year but i still own own some shares and he did add a little bit more to his position he now has an over 10% position but he's had that for a little while now so i guess why not buy a little bit more the shares were down big this year as well and he now owns 10.87% of rh and um earnings are expected to be down 5.3% this year and another 12.8% next year it's trading at 12 times No dividend, but they are doing a big share buyback, which should put a little bit of a floor under the shares, perhaps, we don't know. They're gonna report again in December, so we'll see on that one. Um, It's only a $580 million position for uh, Berkshire, and we're pretty sure, but it's never been confirmed. But Everybody believes that the RH position is one of the lieutenants and not Warren Buffett himself. So there were a few other things that were going on in the portfolio, but these are the ones I just mostly wanted to cover for those who are thinking, oh, you know, I might want to buy some of the things that he's buying because that goes on every quarter, or I might want to actually buy Berkshire Hathaway shares. Um, another avenue for those of you interested in kind of copying what Buffett is doing is if you don't actually wanna own all of Berkshire Hathaway, the conglomerate, but you you like some of the companies within it. So for instance you like that he owns BNSF railroad well nothing is stopping you from buying one of the other publicly traded railroads. And then you just own the railroad you don't have to own Dairy Queen at the same time. <laughs> so you know there is Union Pacific there is CSX there's these other ones other options that are out there. So that's another way to kind of go about it if you want to get some of the companies that he actually owns with in Berkshire Hathaway Um, another one to maybe take a look at say you're interested in Benjamin Moore but again you don't want to own Geico or pampered chef. But how do you get Benjamin Moore without those others you don't unless maybe you look at Sherwin Williams ticker SHW. I did take a look at them quickly and I've, I've followed them for years because I do like the paint companies but it's been expensive at Sherwood Williams, the shares for several years now. And even though they're down 32% year to date, they still remain expensive at 27 times. So I just cannot dive in during this type of market conditions when we're possibly going into a recession with it's still trading at 27 times and a dividend of only 1%. That dividend used to be bigger but the shares just aren't cheap enough for me yet. So this, you know, for me this isn't an option if I wanted Benjamin Moore right now because it's even more expensive than buying all of Berkshire Hathaway. On the earnings side, they are expected to see earnings growth of 6.9% this year and another 18% for next year. So the market is paying the premium to get that earnings growth for next year because, as I said, very few companies are showing that they're going to grow the earnings for next year. It's certainly not 18%. So that is why the street is willing to pay some premium for it the shares are up off of their september lows now september october lows i guess it is and they're up 18% in the last month so um you know there some people are seeing that as a buying opportunity but i'm still on the sidelines with that one because that is just not enough of a value for me and um you know i'll i'll still remain patient that's one of the hallmarks of value investors right in addition uh, Warren Buffett himself is that you have to have patience and a longer time horizon because ultimately the companies that you like will most likely get cheaper <laughs> at some point and we're seeing that all play out in 2022 right I know many of you are thinking I never thought I could get you know XYZ company whatever it is Shopify Nvidia like you know off this much off of its highs because during the growth bull markets, you just don't see these kinds of pullbacks. But in value markets, you do. And you also see a pullback even in the value stocks. You do see you know, stocks in general getting much cheaper. And you see a lot more names pop up in your value screens. Um, like Taiwan Semiconductor, for instance, trading at 12.9 times now. Um, and some of these others that Had kind of a growthy component to them during the bull growth bull, but now are looking more value. But be aware of the value traps that are out there. Um, and you're really going to have to dig deep to see that it may just be a pullback with the economic conditions, but it won't last long and then it'll be back onto its growing ways. And that's what you want as a value investor. We don't. Uh, necessarily reject all of growth for value stocks, right? Why would we? No. The best type of stock you can buy is a stock that has both value and a growth component. That's like uh, the ultimate. That's a rare combination, but you can find them. And when you do, that's the time when you should be diving in. And we've seen Warren Buffett now is still continuing to dive in on some of these sell offs. But he still has a lot of cash on hand in that Berkshire portfolio. So if we see another leg down in the markets, either here in 2022 or in 2023, he's still ready to snap up those bargains. So for those of you wondering whether or not you should own Berkshire Hathaway shares, if you want to play that angle, then that's when you need to own his shares because that cash is Berkshire Hathaway's cash, right? So you want to be a shareholder of Of the company, if you think he's going to be deploying that cash into these bargain stocks. And then, you know, the overall Berkshire earnings will look improved. So let me recap all the stock tickers I talked about on this episode. There is, of course, Berkshire Hathaway, the B shares, and it's B R K dash or period, depending on what site you're on, B. Although some may also. Not even have the dash or the period, they may just be B R K B is in boy. Then I talked about Taiwan Semiconductor, that's a new one in Berkshire Hathaway. Ticker T S M. T as in Tom, S is in Sam, M as in Mary. Then we had material side, Louisiana, Pacific, LPX. L P X, L is in Larry, P is in Paul, X is in X-ray. Then he had a new additions to several of his energy stocks. Chevron, uh, a bigger position now, CVX. C is in Charles, V is in Victor, X is in X ray. And Occidental, he added to that one again. OXY is a ticker. And he also added to Selenese, which is chemical side, ticker C is in Charles, E is in Edward. Then he did a little bit of an addition to RH and now owns over a 10% position in that furniture retailer. Ticker R is in Robert, H is in Harry. He did not add anything to Alley Financials, but I thought he might have sold, but he didn't do that either. So there was no change in that digital bank. A L L Y is the ticker. And then if you want to go outside, you want to go rogue outside of the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio, but kind of mimic it. There's Sherwin Williams on the paint side, S H W, and then if you want to own his railroads, my favorite one that he doesn't own is Union Pacific. Ticker U N P is the ticker there. And as always, I'm bringing you value stocks every week. So be sure to subscribe and get us somewhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge. That's the other podcast I do every week with stock picks on there not always value but sometimes sometimes we'll get some more value over there too because value is back in we're back in vogue buffett is riding high and berkshire hathaway um you know people wanted to dive into that one now it seems so this is the time for value stocks don't miss a single episode and i'll see you again next week with some more value stocks